Let's all make a joyful noise. If you're glad to be here this morning, say amen. amen. Brother Ken, come lead us this morning, buddy. Amen. In your blue songbook this morning, page 448, brethren, we have meant to worship. We'll do the first, second, and last verse. Page 448 this morning.
I love the last course. Dad, make your way up to pray for us, but I love the last part of that. Christ will gird himself in service with sweet manna all around. I'm looking forward to that day. Amen? In the meantime, we are indeed here to worship. Let me give you just a couple of quick prayer requests. I want you to pray for Sister Lucille Sheeler. Uh, we found out this morning Sister Sheeler has shingles, so pray for her if you would. Of course, we put out about Miss Irma and the passing of her family member. Uh, Sister Connie had a pa family member to pass as well, her cousin. And so she's asking prayer for that family. Billy Shaw is uh, the father's name. And then uh, in our own church, we had put out earlier, I'll give you a quick update. Pray for Brother John Wasoski. Uh, they could not do the procedure on him that they needed to do, so pray for Brother John. And then Brother Wayne Griffin as he recuperates from back surgery. Dad, you come take us to the throne of grace this morning. And let's ask the Spirit of the Holy One to descend and meet with us. Daddy, you take us to the throne room of grace. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you this morning. We want to thank you for being so good to us, for supplying our needs, Father. Just restoring your grace upon us, Father. We're truly grateful. Father, most of all, we want to thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ. He was waiting to go to the cross and bear our sins for us. Father, we do want to take just a moment, and we want to ask you to please remember those that was requesting prayer this morning, especially Mr. Miss Sheila with the shingles, and all of those that's members of our church. Lord, we pray that you just special. Uh, to them and touch them in a special way. Father, we ask you to be at the uh, singing this morning. And most of all, be with our pastor. He breaks the word of life yes, to us, Lord. Father. Lord, we would ask if there's anyone here that this morning that hasn't accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, their personal Savior, that you would just touch that heart and let them come down and receive Christ as their Savior before they leave here today. Father, we, now we ask you to just come down, take charge of the service, and let your will be done. For we do ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank Thank you, Dad. Uh, you can be seated this morning. There is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved but the name Jesus. Uh, you listen as Brother Ken in the choir sings beautiful song at the name of Jesus. Think about how precious that name is to you this morning as we sing this song.
Thank you so much, choir. Appreciate that. Quick announcements this morning before we let our little ones head out to Children's Church and Junior Church. A reminder, uh, services uh, tonight are taken up by practice. Uh, we will be meeting uh, all of those in our drama. Uh, we'll be meeting today at 2.30. As always, practicing scenes one through five. Uh, they've been going for two months now in practice, and uh, your heart will be marvelously blessed by this production. Of course, we're doing it over the course of three days in December, but you please be much in prayer for that this afternoon as we continue practicing at 2.30. Then also a reminder that coming up very shortly on November the 18th, two Sundays from today, uh, that is the Sunday before Thanksgiving. It is also our Civil Servant Sunday where we are recognizing our police officers in Martinsville, Henry County, Patrick County, and Franklin County, the surrounding service areas. We also invite others around as well, but those are the, uh, certainly in our service area, those are the four regions. Uh, any police officer that's here and their family will be acknowledging them and thanking them. We usually have a tremendous turnout that Sunday. We will do lunch to follow that. Uh, a special announcement in that capacity, if you are going to help out, if you can help us out with that, uh, we're looking for three things. As always, the church will provide all of the meats. Uh, we're asking for our folks to help out with the vegetables. Please see Sister Susan if you can help in that capacity to sign up. We're also asking everyone to bring a dessert and then bring your favorite case of canned drinks. You can do that by Wednesday the 14th. Uh, and then that will, anything that we don't have from the drinks we'll purchase. But if you've got that, your favorite, you can bring that as well. Just cans uh, for reasons I think you understand that helps us with our cleanup. Also, two other things that I want to note. Operation Christmas Child is continuing uh, next Sunday, November the 11th. A week from today is the day that you need to have those shoe boxes in. Uh, those will be sent out the week of November the 11th through the 18th. That's our National Collection Week. So if you can help us with that, please bring those in by next Sunday. Uh, on the 10th, which is on Saturday, this one is not in your bulletin, but on the 10th next Saturday uh, at 10 a.m., there'll be a shoebox packing party here at the church. Uh, this is for all the things that we collected in December, excuse me, in July when we did our Christmas celebration in July. So if you can help out with that, that'll be here at 10 o'clock. We'll have all the boxes here, Miss Pam, on Sunday morning. Uh, you can bring yours, stack them in, and we'll have a word of prayer before those go out all over the world. So again, please have that in by the 11th. And if you're collecting quarters, to help with the shipping of that, bring those in in those medicine bottles by November the 11th as well. We are also, as you know, partnering with God's pit crew in hurricane disaster relief. Uh, uh, we're going to extend that collection through next Sunday as well. So that means everything that we're doing for Operation Christmas Child and for the disaster relief, all of that is due by next Sunday. If you can help us with cases of water, please have that here next Sunday if you would. Don't forget, coming up uh, on November the 10th is also our nursing home ministry. Uh, that's at 3 o'clock at uh, Blue Ridge Nursing Facility in Patrick County. So please keep that in mind if you would. Man, lots and lots and lots of things going on. You know, I have to pause a moment and tell you this, church. I am glad to be in a church uh, that extends its reach outward. We are commanded to go ye into the world and bring them in. So I appreciate what you do uh, for all of these various ministries that we're getting out across our country and really around the world. And I think that's one of the reasons God's so good to our church, frankly. All right, let's have all the little ones uh, this morning. If you are heading to Children's Church or Junior Church, come on, make your way down. All the little ones, uh, Children's Church, Junior Church, if you're visiting with us, they're going to come around, collect any loose change you've got. We call this our penny march. Come on, young folks, quick, quick, quick. 
Church, Junior Church. Come on, make your way. If you would, ladies, you all come get ready to sing for us today. You'll be obedient with his tithes and your offerings. I appreciate always uh, how faithful you are and the capacity of tithes and offerings to keep our church work going. And uh, I like to hear these, oh my goodness, we got a star up here today, buddy. Get this young in a microphone. I only got three microphones. There you go. Get him one more. Give him that orange one there. We're going to ask God's blessings upon the offering, and let's pray together. Lord, we sure love you today. And we're honored and privileged to be in your house. Lord, I pray that you'd bless this offering, bless the quartet as they sing this morning. And Lord, as we dive into the Word of God today, I pray that you'd open it up, share it, and show us this morning what you'd have us to see. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for loving us. In Christ's name, amen. Sing it, y'all. Okay, it's such a blessing to sing for the Lord this morning. He's been so good to us. And, Three generations. Uh, this song right here, it says, Now I have everything. And if you have Jesus in your heart, that's all you need. Yeah. I was making big heartaches and troubles. I was seeking for fortune and fame. I had nothing but doubts and confusion. But now I have everything, everything I need to make me happy. I have Jesus to show me the way. He has saved me and he gave me life eternal. Making big plans for my future. I was living my lifetime in vain. Then I prayed for life's only meaning. And now I have everything. Everything. Jesus. 
Let's all stand together one more time. Page 215, we'll have a fellowship song. Heaven came down, glory filled my soul. Page 215 this morning in your blue song book. Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day. Day I will never forget. After I wandered in darkness away. Jesus, my Savior, I met. Oh, what a tender, compassionate friend. He met the need of my heart. Shadows dispelling with joy, I am telling. He made all the darkness depart. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. The cross a Savior made me whole. My sins were washed away, and my night was turned to day. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Amen. Fellowship a while.
Amen. Thank you so much. Evan, you come on up here, buddy. Ushers, you all make your way down as folks make their way back to their seats this morning. Uh, if you're visiting with us, this is the first Sunday of the month, which is always Mission Sunday here at our church. And in addition to uh, what you give the first Sunday of the month, our church gives uh, between 13 and 14 percent of its weekly tithes and offerings over to missions. And I appreciate your faithfulness in that capacity. Uh, I appreciate this young man and his willingness to use his talent for the Lord. He's going to sing for us today, and we're going to collect the offering. Lord, bless the mission's offering. I pause just a moment to thank you for every missionary that you allow us to support both in our country and all over the world. Lord, our hearts are heavy as we read the report this week of the new missionary who went to Africa and was tragically killed within moments of setting foot in the country. Bless his wife and their seven children. Lord, I pray that you would continue to surround our missionaries with the grace of God. Lord, we thank you for every soul that is saved, for every penny that's dropped in these plates. Bless Evan as he sings. We'll thank you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen. Sing it, buddy. It's not just about the manger where the baby lay. It's not just about the angels who sang for him that day. It's not all about the shepherds or the bright and shining star. It's not all about the wise men who traveled from afar. It's about the cross. It's about my sin. It's about how Jesus came to be born once so that we could be born again. It's about the stone that was rolled away so that you and I could have real life someday. It's about the cross. It's not just about the good things in this life I've done. It's not just about the treasures or the trophies I have won. It's not about the righteousness that I find within. It's all about His precious blood that saved me from my sin. It's about the cross. It's about my sin. It's about how Jesus came to be born once so that we could be born again. It's about the stone that was rolled away so that you and I could have real life someday. It's about the cross. The beginning of the story is wonderful and great, but it's the ending that can save you, and that's why we celebrate. It's about the cross, it's about my sin, 
It's about how Jesus came to be born once so that we could be born again. It's about God's love nailed to a tree. It's about how every drop of blood that flowed from him when it should have been me. It's about the stone that was rolled away so that you and I could have real life someday. So that you and I could have real life someday. It's about the cross. It's about the cross. It's about the cross. Luke chapter number five in your Bible this morning, if you would, please. Luke chapter number five. I was just sitting over there thinking, listening to Evan. You, this may sound a little silly, uh, but all of us who listened to Evan singing as he was a little one growing up uh, were always blown away by his tone and his incredible voice. And I just sitting there thinking, Lord, thank you that even after his voice has changed, that boy can still sing. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Luke chapter number five, please. I want to read verses one through 11 this morning. Luke chapter five, verses one through 11 came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Genesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch you, or launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a draught. Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned under their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. So it was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. When they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed 
him. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Lord, you've told us plainly that it will never return void. Lord, we've read it this morning with the eager expectation that the outline, the message that you have laid upon our hearts is the message that is needed for this group, for this moment, for this hour. Lord, but we also acknowledge now that we sure need your power to preach it. So, Lord, I pray that you'd forgive me of any unconfessed sin. And, Lord, may I preach which thus saith the Lord, every word that is spoken, may it be fit for what is needed for the hour. Lord, I pray I not say a word that you don't want spoken today. Lord, we thank you for what our hearts have experienced. Lord, the songs have prepared our hearts for the worship that is now to come. And so, Lord, I pray that you would do what only the Spirit of God can do. Draw souls to yourself, reclaim the lost, and may we walk out of here today closer to you than we were when we walked in. We'll thank you and praise you in Christ's name, I pray. Amen. thought I'd share this with you, a buddy of mine, uh, another pastor friend, uh, who, like me, has been trying to lose weight sent me this joke a week or so ago. It's one that I had kind of shared a couple years ago, but he put a new spin on it. I knew I was in for something special when uh, the email I received had the subject line, Hey, preacher, I hear you're trying to diet. So I gingerly clicked open the email, and there in front of me was a picture of a great big fat man (laughs) and uh, who uh, uh, cheeks bustled out and the caption said how much weight have you lost yet this is my testimony so I'll read it to you he says I've been trying to lose weight for weeks and weeks now I've had no problem giving up pasta I've had no problem giving up pizza I've had no problem giving up starches and potatoes but I have sure missed the sweets He said, just the other week, I was out visiting and going to a hospital down in Durham, and on route, I saw the lights of heaven glowing in the distance in front of me as if a beacon for a moth, the KK lights were shining, Krispy Kreme, hot now. He said, I was at the stoplight. And the lights were glowing as if beckoning me in to come take a bite. Yet on the other side of my brain was the message that kept saying, Don't give in. Don't give in. Don't give in. So as the battle raged within my soul, I did what any preacher would do. I took it to the Lord in prayer. There at the stoplight, I said, Lord, you know that I'm trying to lose weight. But, Lord, you also know that I love me some Krispy Kreme donuts. So, Lord, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to turn into this Krispy Kreme parking lot. And, Lord, if it is your will for me to go in and have uh, not one, not two, but half a dozen donuts, then you prepare an empty parking spot right at the front door. Scroll down. And he said, Brother Greg, God is so good. Sure enough, on the 14th drive around, there it was. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it, love it, love it. I love it. I can so relate. Amen, amen. This is a passage of Scripture that 
so many of us recognize. We refer to it as the calling of Peter. Of course, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, sons of thunder, they're partnering with him. We know the story of how they had fished all night long, having caught nothing. You know the story that Jesus gets into the boat, goes out into the lake just a little bit, and transforms that little ship into a pulpit, and preaches and teaches, and undoubtedly uh, uh, wins uh, the multitude uh, listening to him. Uh, and then uh, he tells the disciples that it's time to go fishing. Of course, Peter says to him, Lord, we've been fishing all night and we didn't catch a thing. Jesus gives some instructions and tells them to cast down their net. And the net was so full of fish that the net break. And so Peter uh, calls over to some ships that were surrounding. Uh, I got so many fish here, come help me out. Uh, and so they began to haul in the fish. Uh, and the catch was so great that the boats began to sink. Peter looks at the Lord and recognizes the power of God and says, Lord, forgive me, I'm a sinful man. And Jesus says those powerful words from this day forward, you will be fishers of men. What a powerful statement. I am not one who tries to find typology where types don't exist. But I do believe that in this little passage, this story, this calling of Peter, there is a message for the church today. And there is a message for individual believers today. I want to start by making a simple statement. I know that we live in perilous times. I know that spiritually uh, we're in strange hours. And so would you listen to me carefully? I believe uh, that church still matters. I get amazed at the books that come out and the things that you can find even on Christian bookshelves about how the church has lost its influence and how the church has lost its power. And certainly where our church is in strange places today and going in unusual directions. But I submit to you again uh, that in this dark, dark, dark age in which we live, we need church now more than ever before. Fellows, in this story, it had a long night of fishing. They caught nothing. But then Jesus shows up, and they can't even contain all the fish that they catch. And I submit to you this morning, there is a word to the church. Because when Jesus showed up, it transformed a night of toilless and labor into such a, an incredible drought that they could not even contain it in the boat. What made the difference? The difference occurred because Jesus showed up. When Jesus showed up, it transformed their labor into ministry. When Jesus showed up, it transformed a drought into a drought. When Jesus showed up, it transformed what had been a testimony in nothingness into something that was so powerful that both boats could not contain all the fishes. In fact, when Jesus showed up, uh, this became a fishing trip to remember. So with the help of the Lord this morning, I want to give you a message that is entitled, uh, A Fishing Trip They'll Never Forget. A Fishing Trip They'll Never Forget. Three things that I want you to note with me in this little story. Number one, I want you to note with me the vessel. The vessel that Jesus was on. Would you go back into the beginning of our text with me for just a moment? Verse number 1 of Luke chapter 5. 
came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Genesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. He entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed that he would thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Scholars are in uniform agreement as to what happened here. The notoriety and popularity of Jesus was beginning to grow. Most at this point did not see him as a Messiah, but rather they saw him as a miracle worker. And so they would seek him out as an effort to get more miracles, to get more things, if you would, to see, quote-unquote, the magic show that he was producing. And so as he began to teach, the crowds grew so much that there on the land he could not see everyone, and not everyone could see him, not everyone could hear him. And so he gets into one of the boats that heretofore had been empty, the boat that belonged to Peter, cast out into the lake just a little bit, and in this moment he transforms this vessel into a pulpit, beginning to teach and to preach from the bow of the little boat. I submit to you this morning that this boat suddenly became a place of inspiration. You know already, we've read it, I will remind you that the boat all night had been a place of toil and labor. These fishermen had toiled all night, and what had they called church? Nothing. They had worked all night long, fished all night long. These were not just commonplace fishermen. These were not just fishermen who did this as a hobby. These were professional fishermen. They did this for a livelihood. They knew where to fish. They knew how to fish. They knew what to fish for. But having spent the entire night, they caught nothing till Jesus showed up. They caught nothing till Jesus got in the boat. When Jesus showed up, this empty vessel, this place of toil and labor, became a place of fellowship and inspiration. I want to say that again because I want you to get what I'm about to say. The place that had been empty and full of nothing but toil and labor became a place of inspiration when Jesus got in the boat. You see, folks, I'm going to be candid with you this morning. To me, that's an awful lot like church. That's an awful lot like church. Because to be very blunt with you, when this place is empty, I mean, I, I have to be candid. I love everything we're doing in church. But when, when there's nobody here, this is a building. It's a building. Yes, we've got things going on. We're working on it. We're trying to improve it. But, 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 but when the rubber meets the road, when all of us are gone, this is just cinder blocks, a wood, it's just a building until Jesus shows up. And when Jesus shows up, it transforms everything. Let me be clear what I'm saying. I believe the building ought to be the best we can possibly make it. But a building without people don't do a thing. A beautiful building without the power of God don't mean a thing. A beautiful building without the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God does not mean a thing. But you take a building and you put God's people in it. You take a building and you put the power of God in it. You take a building and you put the presence of God in it. And suddenly what is just an empty building becomes a place of joy and celebration. Why? It's special. Because I think of who shows up here. 
I think the building becomes transformed and special because of who shows up. Who do you mean, Pastor Greg? Number one, I think it becomes special because the Redeemer shows up. How do you know, Pastor Greg? Uh, well, my Bible tells me in Matthew 18, 20, uh, there were two or three gathered in my name. There I will be in the midst of them. Uh, thank God uh, the Holy Spirit is not here waiting for us to come. Uh, but rather, uh, when we walk in, uh, when the saints of God come marching in, uh, those that are saved bring the presence of God with them into the building. The Redeemer shows up. But not only does the Redeemer show up, the redeemed show up as well. I'll give you another verse just to whet your appetite a little bit. First John chapter 3, verse number 1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Psalm 33 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I remind you this morning, church, uh, that when you came to church, uh, you didn't just come out of duty. Uh, you didn't just come out of obligation. Uh, you came uh, to hold audience, uh, to worship with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Uh, why? Uh, because the Redeemer is here and the redeemed of God are here. Special because of who shows up. But I submit to you, this building becomes special not just because of who shows up here, because of what we do when we get here. Let me say that again. Because if there is an element that I think is oftentimes, I'm not here to pastor any other church in SAGBC, got all I can handle with this one. But I do think that one of the things that's often forgot about is why we go to church to begin with. It's special because of what we do here. What do we do? Well, number one, we praise the sovereign God of this universe. Let me say that again. We come here to praise the sovereign God of this universe. Psalm 33 also says that praise is comely in the house of God. I'm not trying to get you to act like me or anybody else. You be you, but I will remind you that there is nothing wrong with folks praising God at the house of God. I can be bored at the house. But when I come to the house of God, if I want to celebrate, if I want to shout, if I want to praise, or if I want to sit and bask in the presence of God, it is good to do it because I'm in the praise of God's house. Not only do we praise the sovereign God, but we also preach the Son of God. We preach the Son of God. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw men and women unto me. If I be lifted up, I submit to you this morning, everything we do is to lift up the Son of God. Every song that we sing, every ministry that we engage in, every special service that we have, everything that we try to do is to make much of Jesus. The coffee alluded to this a couple of weeks ago. I've got so many spiritual heroes, I lose count of all of them. But one of my favorites that I've ever been told was a reminder when I was a young preacher that whatever subject you're preaching on, whatever topic you're preaching about, whatever verse you're taking as your scripture, hurry up and run to the cross because if Jesus is lifted up, he draws men and women unto himself. We praise the sovereign God. We preach the Son of God. And then I like to be in a place where we perfect the saints of God. This is a place where people can grow in grace. This is a place, listen now, say amen, this is a place for imperfect people. I, I got no time for perfect Christians. Amen. 
Why, preacher? Because there ain't no such thing. I'm, I'm done with perfect Christians. I'm done with believers who think they've gotten to a spiritual plateau that they're somehow better than somebody else. We ain't better than nobody. We just know somebody better than everybody. This is a place where the saints of God are perfected. I've had enough of stuck-up believers who think they're so good that they can't deign to talk to an unbeliever. I'm done with people who turn up their noses at the lost. I'm done with people who think I can't deign to fellowship with somebody who ain't just like me. I don't find none of that in my Bible. This is a place where the saints of God are perfected. Why? Because we imperfect people. Why is church so important? It's because of what we do here. It's because of who shows up here. Especially because of what we find here. What do we find? Well, I hope what you find is food for your soul. I hope what you find is food for your soul. I hope when you come in, you get a little bit of manna from heaven. I hope when we stand up and sing, the windows of heaven are open, that you really believe it. I hope when you walk in the door, uh, you find uh, that this is a place uh, that is dedicated uh, to opening up the sacred word of God uh, and filling you uh, with the power uh, based upon the preaching of the word of God. Uh, Not my opinions, uh, not my ideology, uh, but what thus saith the word of God. We find food for the souls. We find, some of you ain't going to like this, but I'm going to say it anyway, we ought to find good fellowship with the saints. I get, I get nervous around Christians who don't like any other Christian they've ever met. Amen. Now look, my daddy talked about this a couple weeks ago. We all different. We all as different as night can be. We got different interests, uh, we got different likes, we got different dislikes, uh, we like different ball teams. I mean, there are those of us that like Virginia, then there are the lost folks, uh, there are, there, there, <laughs> yeah, man. there are those of us that like the Redskins, and then there are the really lost folks. <laughs> we are, I got the mic, y'all sit down and shut up, hey, amen. Uh, We're as different as night can be, but we got one big thing in common. And the the one thing we got in common supersedes everything else. The one thing we got in common uh, is the thing that matters more than what team I like, uh, where I went to college, uh, what my job is, uh, who my family is, uh, how much money I do or don't make. Uh, The thing that unites me is the thing that matters most. Oh, how I love Jesus. First John says so clearly, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Special because we find here food for our souls. We find fellowship with the saints. And I've alluded to this already, but I'm going to say it again. We also find a little bit of freedom from our setbacks. Now listen to what I'm about to say. You don't come in here and get excused for sin. Amen. Nobody's going to come in here. Nobody's going to pat you on the back and tell you it's okay to live a sinful life. We're going to preach against sin. 
But we also know that we ain't perfect people. And when we do stumble, we're going to be Galatian believers. What's that mean, preacher? Uh, well, Paul makes it very clear uh, that ye that are still spiritual, that means those of you that are not falling into sin, we're not going to be standing over in the corners uh, talking about those that are stumbling. Uh, we're going to lend forth a Christian hand of fellowship uh, and say, hey, uh, we are here. Uh, we love you. Uh, you're needing some help. you in the right place. Freedom from setbacks. I believe the church is still special. I have in my outline right here, I'll show you, great big green letters and, and circled with the words under it, preach this, thank God for Stanley Town's Amazing Grace Baptist Church. Why? It's an oasis in the desert. It's a light in darkness. It's a refuge for weary hearts. It's a place of help, a place of hope. I have to tell you, folks, the thing that keeps me up at nights and gives me pause all the time is that we get so accustomed to what goes on here that we take for granted and think everybody else has got what we got. I just ain't the case, church. I ain't trying to brag on up. Well, yeah, I am actually. Yeah. I ain't trying to belittle nobody else, uh, but all the churches in the world ain't like this church. All the places you go try to worship, uh, may we ever love this church, may we support this church, uh, may we pray for our church, uh, and when necessary, may we defend our church. It was a place of inspiration. Good golly, I'm 25 minutes in, I've got three points, I've point, preached one A, <laughs> amen. One B, it wasn't just a place of inspiration, it was a place of instruction. Verse 3 makes it clear. He, Jesus, entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, prayed. They would thrust him out a little and sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Taught the people out of the ship. I submit to you again that he turned this humble vessel into a pulpit. A place that had been empty, useless all night long. Jesus shows up, turns it into a place of preaching. Another beautiful image, I think, of the church. Why? Hear me what I'm about to say. Everything that we do centers on getting out the Word of God. Every service, every, every ministry, every special thing, everything that we do centers on getting out the Word of God. Sunday mornings, important because it's worship time. Wednesday nights, important, not drudgery. Time to bear one another's burdens and have Bible study. Preaching is about getting into the Word of God and exposing the truth contained in it. Special services, jubilees, celebrations, all about getting excited over the Word of God. Number one, the vessel. Quickly, number two, the voyage. The voyage. Notice, if you would, please, in verse number four. He left speaking. That means when the service was over. We don't know how long he preached. If you go into, you don't need to turn, but if you go into Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the first message that we have recorded that Jesus preached, the Sermon on the Mount, we call it, it is not short. In fact, I don't think this was a five-minute sermonette. I think Jesus dived in and gave them the word. When he was done, according to verse number 4, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets. For a drought, notice the spelling, it's not a drought, but a drought. 
A little A there makes a big difference. A drought. You know what a drought is. It means there's nothing, no food, no water, no nothing. But a drought is just the opposite. It is more than you can possibly handle. So now Jesus says, Simon, I know you've been fishing all night long, but I'm on the boat. Let me say that again. Jesus says, Simon, I know you've been fishing all night long, but things are different now. Why, Lord? Because I'm in the ship. Put your net down. Simon doesn't get it yet. So he says unto him, Master, we have toiled all night long. Or all the night have taken nothing. And then wisely, something in the back of Simon's head said, Hey, dummy, do what he said. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Can I pause a moment? And simply say what I think is so critical for us to get out of the message. There was nothing wrong with this vessel. There was nothing wrong with this boat. Jesus did not repair the boat. Jesus didn't fix the boat. Jesus didn't change the motor out. There wasn't a motor, but you get the point. Jesus did not do anything to the vessel. There was nothing wrong with the vessel. I said a moment ago that I'm done with believers who can't deign themselves to unbelievers. I love you. I'm also done with people who have nothing but complaints about church. Amen. There, yes, 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 yes. There have been problems. There have been challenges. You know why? Because it's full of people. And as long as it's full of people, there's going to be people problems. But you hear me. Uh, Satan has tried to destroy God's church for 2,000 years. Uh, and honey, it is still standing today. There is nothing wrong with church. It is not the vessel that's the problem. And besides, you can't fix a leaky vessel on the outside. You can only fix it from within. You see, the vessel needed to go where the fish were. Wasn't the problem of the ship. The ship needed to go where the fish were. And in the heat of the day, that meant the deep waters. I have read so many commentaries that, in my humble opinion, miss this. They miss the, they will go into these deep analogies about the fishing uh, possibilities and where they had to be in the lake in the heat of the day and what the location of the net had to be and this, that, that, that misses everything, church. You see, the fish had to go where, Je- uh, the boat had to go where Jesus said go. Jesus had to be on board, uh, do what he said, uh, and the net was so much that it broke. I submit to you this morning. That what we have to do uh, is be more conscious of not only uh, bringing them in, but going where they are. What do you mean, preacher? I, I, I got I, I to tell you, I get lots of flack for this. I don't care. I'm to the, I've been at another. I don't care. It's why we do a Christmas drama, folks. You know why? Because there will be people that will come to that that will never walk in this church on a Sunday morning. I can't tell you the number of brethren. Good golly, independent fundamental values to everybody just ain't like him. Who think that I am as wicked as I can be because I dare to do a drama in a church. They weren't called to pastor this church. It is my effort to go out where they are and bring these people in to see something that they would never see anywhere else.
And I can give you a thousand other examples. I'm not going to criticize a single one of them for what they do, and I don't care how they criticize us for what we do. Here's our reality. We're going to do what we can do to bring them in and go where they are and grab them with the love of Christ. Problem wasn't with the boat. They just weren't where the fish were. Finally this morning, number one, the vessel. Number two, the voyage. Number three, the victory. You know this story. Verse 6 is so clear. When they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes in their net break. They beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship. They should come and help them. They came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. There was a miracle with the fish. The victory was simple. There was a miracle with the fish. When Peter obeyed Jesus, there were so many fish that their nets broke. They called to the other partners. Loaded them into the boats, and there were so many fish that the boats began to sink. I say to you this morning, the analogy is simple. There's not an absence of fish out there, folks. There's still plenty of fish available. We just got to get them. We can do anything and everything to get them. There's more than enough to fill this vessel this morning. And finally, this is the best part, in my opinion. There wasn't just a miracle of the fish. The real miracle was with our fishermen. <laughs> Simon Peter saw it in verse 8. He fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. He was astonished. And all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. When, listen to this simple statement. Peter, James, and John were not amazed at what they had done. They were amazed at what Jesus had done. Amen. They did not stand back and say, hey boys, look at all the fish we caught. They stood back and said, good golly, Miss Molly. Thank you, Jesus, for doing what only you can do. What did they need to do? Whatever Jesus said. That was their only function. Whatever Jesus said, he does the rest. He does the rest. What a lesson this morning. I submit to you that there is nothing that excites us more than capturing fish. Seeing souls saved. Seeing new life. But I also challenge you and challenge me. We probably need to be better fishermen. We probably need to be more conscious of being where the fish are. And listen to me. Listen to me. And loving them despite who they are. I told you this a couple of weeks ago. I, I hear, I'm done. You can close your Bibles. I hear little tidbits of, I've never met a preacher yet that I didn't get something from. I'm just candid with you. Several weeks ago when I had the pleasure of helping in the officiate for Haley and Taylor's wedding. The night of the rehearsal, their pastor dismissed us in prayer, and as he was praying, them kind of holy goosebumps went up the back of my spine. 
because he said a phrase that I could not hope, I could not wait to get home and write down in the flyleaf of my Bible. He said, and I quote, Lord, thank you for loving us just like we are. But thank you for loving us so much that you don't leave us there. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Lord, that you go where we are to grab us. You love us so much that you'll dive down into the pits of hell itself and snatch us out. But you love us too much to leave us there. That's the kind of Christian I want to be. When I meet a lost person, I want to love them so much that they know that they're loved. But then I want to take them by the arm and lead them straight to paradise. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Thank you for your attention. Brother Ken's going to do a very quick invitation. Would you bow your head with me this morning? Would you bow your head? I haven't asked this question of you in a little while, so I'm going to start with this one. How many of you, in the sound of my voice, would just be honest and say, Pastor, there is someone that I love dearly, a friend, a family member, that's a lost fish. And I'm right now asking God to use me that they might be saved. I'm seeing a lot of hands go up this morning. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do right now. You can put your hands down. Before Ken sings a single note of this song, if you raised your hand, won't you step out right now? If somebody's beside you, if you just say, excuse me, they'll get out of your way, I promise. Come on, come on this morning. Call out the name of that child, that friend, that parent, that sibling. Preacher, I've prayed for them. I've prayed for them. The fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Don't quit yet. Don't quit until the answer comes. Don't quit. Don't quit. Let me ask you a second question right now. Nobody's looking. Pastor, I'm the fish. I'm not sure that I'm in the net. I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven. And I sure know I don't want to go to hell. Pray for me. Anybody like that? Anybody like that? Thank you so much. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Brother Ken, I want you to sing a song for us this morning. Alt, I want you to sing it out. And if you raised your hand, I want you to come right now. Make your way to this, to this altar. Let's pray together. He washed it white as snow. Sing it, Brother Ken. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength, thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in thee thine all in all. Jesus paid it all, all to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, He washed it white as snow. Lord, now 
spots and melt a heart of stone. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as Amen. snow. Amen. Would you look this way? Step forward up here, guys, if you would. Got another foursome come to unite with our church this morning. All four saved, baptized, loved the Lord. Sister Pettit, Sister Harefield, and then Dr. and Mrs. Moore have all come down to unite with our church. Uh, we'll do this officially. Uh, if you approve of their uniting our church, saved, born again, loved the fifth. How many years, sister, did you tell me? 56 years and more, she said. Amen. <laughs> Amen. All in favor, if you'll say aye. Come around fellowship with these folks this morning. We're so glad to welcome them in. Father, thank you, Lord, uh, for these four uniting with our congregation this morning. What a blessing. Lord, thank you for Sister Pettit, uh, for Sister Harefield, for Dr. and Mrs. Moore as they make their way to you. Join our congregation. We love them. We've grown so much uh, to thank them for their testimony. And, Lord, we pray that this would be the place where they could uh, serve uh, until you call us out of here. Lord, we love you. Most of all, thank you for loving us. In Christ's name, amen. Come around and shake hands. Extend the right hand of fellowship with these precious folks this morning. 